What's up, Rock family? What's up, Rock family? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. I'm so excited because next week is Easter. Next week is Easter. And if you've been fasting, uh, we have six more days, five more days till Friday. Good Friday is our 40-day fast ends. And God bless you. And let me tell you something. If you missed it, I said it earlier. Um, before the 40 days end, make sure you write down what God has told you. And if you can write down one thing God told you to stop doing, one thing God told you to start doing, and what God told you to continue to do but better, that would be a good framework for you to think through. At least put something in one of those categories, what you should stop doing, what you should start doing, and what you should continue to do better. And it could be anywhere from your diet to your language to your uh, recreational time, your study time, your church attendance, giving, serving, all kind of categories he wants us to change. So um, please do that. Don't waste this 40-day fast. And by the way, if you haven't even started, just fast from now until Friday and end with us on Good Friday. So it's going to be great. So let's, let's get on our knees. Let's get on our knees and pray. Next week is Easter. Again, make sure you invite somebody uh, and to come to church 9 and 11 a.m. Uh, or watch online, wherever you're going to be at, but don't do it alone. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for this message. And we pray that you would communicate, not only that you would communicate clearly, but we would hear you clearly because we know you're going to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Get your Bible out. Count of three, say word. One, two, three, word. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. The most frequently asked question I get as a pastor and I'm, I, is, and I, and I don't know if this is true for every pastor, but probably most will say one of the most frequently asked questions we get is how do you know the will of God? How do you know the will of God? Let me tell you something. Your whole purpose in life on this earth is to love God. And that is translated as doing what God says. And that is translating as fulfilling God's will in my life. Period. I'm not here to do what I want. I'm not here to do what you want. You're not there to do what you want. And you're not there to do what I want. We are here to do what God wants. The million dollar question is, how can we know the will of God? Now I'm sure there's many books and sermons on this, so this is gonna be one more slant and perspective on how you can know the will of God. And as I'm going through this, I want you to be thinking about your life and your purpose of doing what God says. And I'm not talking about doing uh, obeying the word of God in the Bible specifically. And hear me out. Of course, anything God tells you is going to be consistent with the Bible. But when you read the Bible, God is going to contextualize the Bible for your life. And he's going to tell you what he wants you to do. For example, he may tell you, I want you to leave this job to go to this job. That's not written in the Bible, but that message will come to your heart by reading the Bible, prayer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I mean by just not the, the written Bible. There's going to be some very specific to you only in the whole planet things that God wants you to do. That's where the rubber meets the road about fulfilling 
the will of God because God's going to tell you to leave a job when you are happy at that job. God's going to tell you to break it with somebody that you're happy with because he's got something better for you because you have a very dysfunctional view of happiness. There's a whole lot of things going on in your life and our lives. How can we know the will of God? Okay, journey to breakthrough. We've been talking about a breakthrough. A breakthrough is an act or instance of moving through an obstacle. And the obstacle in this case is that I know better. The obstacle in this case is I know better. I can make my own decisions for my life. That is a wrong thinking pattern. Matter of fact, the the breakthrough is through a spiritual stronghold, which is a wrong thinking pattern or an unbiblical belief system. And that wrong thinking pattern is I know better. I can make my own decisions. I'm smart enough. I know my my body. I know my emotions. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Listen, I I played, I was a professional athlete. I knew my body pretty good, but not better than God. I've been married 38 years this year. I know my wife, but not better than God. So you have to understand that the wrong thinking pattern that I know best is wrong. You don't. God always knows best. Do you know when you're going to die? Have you ever seen your heart? You ever see your brain? No, you've never seen any of that. You just assume you have it. By the way, that's an act of faith. But God knows. He designed it. So the wrong thinking pattern, I know better. Let me, how do I know the will of God? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want you to be thinking about something, a decision you need to make. I want you to be thinking about something you need to, how you need to understand the will of God or something that is a mystery to you, that you apply these principles to your life. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is the verse we're going to use as a guide for us to understand the will of God. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove, test, verify, validate what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Renewing your mind. Remember we talked about we're we're praying, we're on a journey to a breakthrough, a breakthrough of what? Unbiblical thinking, unbiblical belief system, wrong thinking pattern. That's what happens when you renew your mind. You can break these unbiblical belief systems. Let me read it again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed, metamorpho. We're going to talk about what that means. By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. I'm going to give you four characteristics of God's will. God's will for your life, his plan for your life, his desire for your life, his direction for your life, his way, the way he wants you to live and where he wants you to go, four characteristics. One, based just on this verse, there's a whole bunch of other stuff in the Bible. But number one, you can prove his will. You can prove that it's good. You will be able to verify and acknowledge this is what God's will is for me. If you do these things I'm going to talk about, you could actually verify God's will. Number two, his will is good. The Bible says that what God wants for you is good. I'm going to tell you, not only is it good and always good, it's always better than what you want. It's always better than what you want. Now, it's not always easy 
because a lot of us are accustomed to some dysfunctional part of our life. There are some people who have failed so much, been suffered so much, been in pain so long that they feel like they're more comfortable with the known of the pain, the known of being last, that they don't want to walk into being first and being healthy. And they don't do it, but that's God's will. And so God's will is good. So even if it's scary, even though it's difficult, even though it puts you in, a, in the unknown, it is always better than whatever you have for you, for yourself. The Bible also says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that God's will is acceptable. It is, it is an acceptable, reasonable plan for your life and anything else is unacceptable. God is not going to accept and it's not acceptable for you to do something other than what God wants you. He's not going to say, well, you, you got a better plan than me. No, his plan, his will is acceptable. And last, his will, the Bible says, is perfect. It is perfect. Not only will it perfect you and purify you, it is the exact thing that, is mat that matches your talents, your gifts, your calling, God's uh, plan for your life, and how he designs you. The Bible says you're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared in advance. So his will is perfect for how he designed you. It all fits like a hand in a glove. Just remember those four things. You can prove God's will. It's good. It's perfect and acceptable. This is important for you to understand because if you believe God's will is all those things and it's the best option for you, then you can be all in in seeking it. Okay, now, um, the will of God. God wants to transform you from the inside out. Let me read Romans 12, 1 and 2 again because it's a key word about transformation that we want to talk about. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then it says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform like a butterfly, a caterpillar goes into a butterfly. There's a transformation that goes on. A caterpillar cannot fly. It, it is, a, is a complete transformation from the inside out. The Greek word is metamorpho, and it symbolizes a transformation from the inside out. God's work of changing us from the inside out by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. It is so important for you to understand that you are going to understand the will of God, not by seeking the will of God, but by seeking God. And when you seek God and find God and you are transformed to be like God, his will for your life will be plain, simple, and clear. 2 Corinthians 3.18 gives us a hint of how this happens. It says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. When we are transformed to be like God, we will see like God, understand like God, live like God, talk like God, forgive like God, love like God, be patient like God. As we are transformed into his image, it's not information in your head as much as transformation in your heart. Very important. It's not information in your head as much as Transformation in your heart. That's what God does. So what are the three things we need to do? Number one, present your body a living sacrifice. 
Now, this is your body. In the Old Testament, they would take an animal, kill the animal, lay it on the altar, and the fire would consume, and remember it was called a burnt offering. They would cook it and burn it, consume it by the fire. They would take the animal, kill the animal, put it on the fire, and the fire would consume it. You know what God says? I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want your hands, your mouth, your eyes, your brain functioning. And I want you to lay it on the altar and let the Holy Spirit fire consume you. Be a living sacrifice. Be, con be totally consumed by the Holy Spirit fire and let the Holy Spirit fire dictate how you act, respond, love, and are patient. Listen to what I'm saying. You want to know the will of God? Surrender your living body. Surrender your words to God. Look, look at the Bible says in Romans 6.13. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness of God. Just like the in Old Testament, the, the animal was dead on fire and consumed by the fire, you and I are alive and we are consumed by the Holy Spirit. Job 31, 1, keep your eyes pure. My eyes belong to God. What I look at and what I think about as I'm looking at it is gonna be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. God, you tell me where to look. You know something's walking by and you wanna look, Eyes, I, I make a covenant with my eyes, Job said, to not lust after a woman. I'm not going to look. Lift your holy hands, hands to the Lord. 1 Timothy 2.8. These hands are not going to do anything that dishonor God. They are holy to God. Philippians 4, 6, and 8. My mind, I'm only going to think on things that are pure and lovely and, and praiseworthy. I'm going to think on things that elevate God. I'm not going to think on things that are, that are, that are lustful, that are, that are jealous, full of jealousy and anger and gossip. I'm going to set my mind on things above, things in heaven. Why? Because God gave me the mind of Christ. Ephesians 4, 29. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Only that which edifies don't say anything. How many times have you, have you been, words are coming out of your mouth and you're like, I shouldn't be saying this right now. You're lying, gossiping, exaggerating, divulging some secret, and you know it. As it's coming out, your heart's going, what are you saying? What are you saying? Stop. Imagine if your body, your, in your heart, Ezekiel, take out your heart of stone. And put in a heart of flesh, Ezekiel eleven nineteen. Take out my heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. So imagine if you presented your body. My body is only going to function to glorify God. Lord, my, my words belong to you. My eyes belong to you. My thoughts belong to you. Everything is at your service. You want to know the will of God? God will direct your life and you will end up right where he wants you to go. And you will end up doing what he wants you to do. You will end up saying what he wants you to say. And the will of God is just going to happen. Because God's will for your life is moment by moment. It's not some destination five years from now. It is moment by moment that you are doing what God wants you to do. Number two, present your body wholly. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body and be, that it be holy holy, set aside for a divine purpose, set aside for a divine purpose. First Peter 1 Peter 1.16, be ye holy for I am holy. Holy doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be perfect. 
that comes over time where you are perfected and you never be perfect until you get to heaven. But holy means I am going to set myself aside and say, God, I belong to you. Watch this. I give my life to God every day I get up. Lord, I'm going to choose to set myself aside for your purpose. My hands are here for your purpose. My voice is here to glorify you. My eyes are here to glorify you. My thoughts are here to glorify you. I am here as a living sacrifice set aside, aside, aside just for you. When my, our first daughter was born, um, obviously you have your first child. It's just like an amazing experience, like one of the most amazing experiences. And babies have this incredible smell. It's like better than anything you can, anything you can produce. But it's just amazing. I love to smell my daughter. And one day we let someone babysit our daughter. It was a young lady. And our daughter fell asleep on her neck. And the young lady who was babysitting her had perfume. So the perfume of the girl got in our daughter's skin. And instead of smelling the baby smell, we were smelling this chick's perfume. Ain't no perfume better than the baby smell that God gives the baby. And it took days to get out of her skin. I just remember being frustrated because I wanted to smell the baby smell. And from then on, I was like, I don't want anybody around my daughter. And we held her back from people for a short period of time because we, were, we didn't want that to happen again. And we felt kind of jealous, like we wanted to protect her. That was making her holy. We wanted to hold her back and separate her from people who can, you know, not only get perfume in her, but maybe harm her. But really, it was a, it was a perfume thing. It was really silly. But we said, we are going to keep you to ourselves for a while. That is what God wants from you. If you gave your life to the Lord, then you belong to him. You belong to him. You are holy. You are set aside. You don't belong to the world anymore. You don't belong to your family anymore. You belong to him. So number one, present your body a living sacrifice. Holy. And then number three, present your body as an acceptable sacrifice to God. In the Old Testament, when they brought a sacrifice, they couldn't bring like a, a lamb that had a limp. <laughs> God said, I don't want a limping lamb. They couldn't bring a lamb that had eczema and, and all this patches of hair growing out or some disease. No, you had to bring a lamb that had, the Bible says, no blemish. It was healthy. It was the best quality. It was a young baby. It wasn't poison. It wasn't, it wasn't filthy. It was just this nice baby lamb or any animal with no blemish. What does that mean? That God, I'm giving you my best. I am going to get up every day. I'm going to get good rest. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be focused on what you want me to do. I'm going to be focused on my words honoring you, my eyes honoring you, my hands honoring you, my thoughts honoring you. I'm going to make sure I'm not uh, allowing myself to be poisoned by the world. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the ruin of your mind. We just read that. So I'm not going to let all this garbage from uh, music and the news and the media poison my perspective. A lot of y'all have get your morality from your political party and not the word of God. Now, you may have a political view that's right, 
but sometimes it's expressed in an unbiblical way. Your views and your way you treat people and talk about people and live your life needs to come from here. And so being a, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable says, Lord, I'm going to make sure I'm not poisoned by the world. Doesn't mean you're not aware. Doesn't mean you're not involved. But it means I'm going to let God dictate what I say, how I say it, to whom I say it, how I forgive, how I love, how I react, how I respond. I'm going to let, I'm going to let God determined that and let the Holy Spirit fire consume me and say, Lord, you are getting my best every day. And when I feel cranky, tired, irritable because I had a long day or whatever, I'm going to make sure I go someplace where I can recharge so I'm not misrepresenting what the Holy Spirit is wanting me to do. If you can live that way and say, Lord, here I am, my arms, my feet, my eyes, my brain, my mouth, my words, my thoughts, my actions, what I look at is all submitted to you. And it is set aside just for your purpose. And I dedicate it to you every single day. And I act according to the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And I'm giving you the best effort possible to do just that. God's will will be plain to you. I want to read it again to you. Let me read this one more time. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, set aside, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Oh, by the way, this is the only reasonable thing for you to do. It's the only reasonable, what alternative you have? You don't. And then it says, don't be conformed to the world. Stop tripping and trying to be like them. But be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind. Here's the breakthrough. Lord, change my mind. Change my mind. Help me identify those strongholds, those wrong thinking, unbiblical belief systems, those wrong thinking patterns. Help me understand what they are so I can understand. Here's the thing. If, you're, if God renews your mind and you can break down those thinking patterns, when someone tells you, hey, you, it's better to give than receive, you're going to go, uh-huh, that's right. The wrong thinking pattern? Oh, heck no. This is all mine. I'm trying to get paid. But the biblical thinking pattern is how can I bless people? The, 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 the biblical thinking pattern, how can I read the Bible every day and really trust in the word of God? How can I pray more? How can I fast? Why would you fast? Why would anyone not eat? Why? Why would anyone not eat for days on end? Why? Because the word of God says, and I trust God, and I trust that my flesh is evil and selfish and self-centered, and if I can um, deny my flesh and empower the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm going to be a better, more like Jesus. That doesn't make sense to people whose minds aren't renewed. So this whole journey we've been, been on and fasting all these weeks so our mind will be renewed so we can know, not only know what God wants us to do, but that we would have the spiritual power to do it. As we end the service, end this series, I want to give you an opportunity to present your body living sacrifice. Say, Jesus, here I am. Some of y'all need to ask Christ to be your Savior, and there are a lot of y'all out there, you already know Jesus, but you ain't a living sacrifice. You're doing what you want. You want God to serve you. you don't, you're not serving him. So here's an opportunity, one week before Easter, right as we go into the last week 
of our fast, that you can say, Lord, I am going to surrender to you. My hands, my mouth, my eyes, my brain, my heart, my legs, everything about my body. I'm going to set it aside and say, here it is, it's yours. It's yours. Do with it what you want. And Lord, I know that if I am transformed into your image, your will, your desire for my life will just be plain. When I stopped doing cocaine, I didn't stop doing cocaine. Trust me, I didn't read it in the Bible. I didn't have a Bible at the time. But God changed my heart and said, ah, that's probably not the right thing to do. And I stopped one day. That's the will of, that was the will of God. Uh, you think? But it ain't written in the Bible, don't do cocaine. <laughs> but once I surrendered my life to him, he started changing my desires. The Bible says if you delight yourself in the Lord, and you say, Lord, I, wanna, I delight myself in you, I want to please you, I want to live for you. If you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. It doesn't mean he'll do what you want. It means that he will put in your heart his desires. Woo! Those, his desires is his will. And all of a sudden, you just want to do his will. That's how it works. I want to give you this opportunity to say, Lord, I surrender. I want to not only know your will, I want to become your will. I want to be transformed from the inside out. So I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very carefully. And what a great time to give your life and commit your life to Jesus leading into Easter next week. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your patience. We spend so much time trying to figure things out on our own. And all we need to do is trust you. If you would like to present your body, which includes your heart, your soul, a living sacrifice, pray this with me in your heart. Say, dear God, I know you love me. I know your plan for my life is better than my plan. And I ask Jesus that you forgive me of my sin. I surrender myself to you. I set myself aside wholly. I give you my best. I give you my whole heart. Holy Spirit, I surrender to your guidance and your power. Jesus, show me the way. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.